We have never seen anything like this, the people say. And I have to agree with them. I have never seen anyone cut open a roof in order to lower someone down for miraculous healing. Does anybody ever think about the poor owner of the house? Jesus and his early disciples have returned to Capernaum, where he first met Simon Peter. You might remember that he healed Simon Peter's mother from a fever. It's possible that he's actually staying in Simon Peter's house when this roof-tearing happens. What a welcome into discipleship for Simon Peter. Leave your career and follow me. Let's go do some preaching. Oh, we're in your hometown. Let's stay at your house. And by the way, we're tearing off your roof. Man, Simon Peter really didn't know what he was signing up for. But then again, that's sort of the story of the Christian life. We don't always know what we're signing up for. We don't always know what new thing is about to come. We have never seen anything like this. The people say, God proclaimed through the prophet Isaiah, I am about to do something new. Oh, but man, we get really sick of something new. And sometimes it feels like the new things that need to be done, the miraculous, the life-changing, just feels like we lost our roof. It doesn't feel good or exciting. It just feels stressful, frustrating, and like a lot of work to come. And that's okay. That's one of the most important lessons I think we can take from this story today is that it's okay when change feels frustrating. It's okay to be caught off guard by the way that the world, God, the church works together. That's a normal reaction to change, and especially to change that shifts our living spaces. We've lived with a lot of change in our living spaces over the past almost 12 months. Next week will be the anniversary of when it became evident that COVID-19 was going to be more than just a little bit of a flu bug, and where we had to change the way that we worship, the way that we work, the way that we socialize, even the way that we see the, mo the ones most dear to us. It's been a hard year, a year of a lot of change. It's been a year where it sort of feels like the roof got torn off our lives. Something might be going on, but really we're just sort of frustrated about what's happened to our houses, our ordinary way of life, our understanding of what is normal. We might be pretty tired of it. We might have been pretty tired of it about nine months ago. Anybody else sort of feel like the last fill-in-the-blank amount of time has just been a slog? Thankfully, we do have a sunny weekend right now, and I hope all of you who can are going to get outside and enjoy it before the inevitable second winter, which always comes at some point during March when Minnesota pulls the rug out from underneath us and says, oh, did you enjoy that sunshine? Make sure you make it last. So I hope you all get to go outside and do something enjoyable, even if it's just for five minutes. But in all that, as we prepare to come up on the one year anniversary of our nation and our state and our church recognizing how serious COVID was, and as we start to prepare for more vaccination and herd immunity in our communities, I wonder if we can ask some questions about that roof. 
See, the roof wasn't a problem per se. Roofs are important. Roofs are just how we build a house. The roof wasn't getting in the way of the paralyzed man getting Jesus. The roof wasn't somehow sinful or wrong. The roof wasn't food sacrificed to idols that was making someone else stumble and question. The roof was just a roof, an inanimate object that keeps the weather out. I mean, roofs are a good thing. But at this moment, the roof needs to be taken away so that a paralyzed man can be brought by his four loyal friends to Jesus, whom no one can reach because Simon Peter's or someone else's house is so crowded with people wanting to hear the good news that Jesus has come to proclaim. So what happens when something that isn't a bad thing gets in the way? That's what we saw a lot of in this past year. Socializing, grocery stores, going to work, riding the bus, public libraries, things that we're very, very used to were all good things, but suddenly they were getting in the way of a community, a whole country and world's safety. Suddenly getting in the way with a mask became really important. Suddenly that became something we needed to do. It's funny, isn't it, how things that seem totally normal and like an important part of our lives can suddenly see, seem to be something that's getting in the way of healing, of the good news of Jesus, of hearing forgiveness proclaimed. Some things in this last year had to be gotten out of the way, and some things had to get in the way instead. Masking up, keeping our distance, learning to worship at home, these were things that helped spread healing, helped proclaim the good news that Jesus is for us wherever we are. And they were still frustrating. We can still feel that solidarity with whoever owned this house, looking at this miraculous healing of this paralyzed man and saying, uh, you guys are gonna put that back together, right? A lot of us are feeling that way right now. We're looking at the changes we had to make societally, church-wise, school-wise, work-wise, and saying, we're going to get to go back to normal, right? You guys are going to put this all back together, aren't you? And the, the struggle is, we might not go all the way back together the way things were before. We might have to rebuild in a different way. This past year has given us some opportunities to notice even in times of major stress and change, where is God still working? Where is Jesus still forgiving and restoring people to their community and to their selves? Some people during this time have had the chance to pay attention to who they are and parts of their life that might have been through the busyness of the world pushed away. Some of us have had to learn better how to ask for help or seek out therapy or other professional help when we need it because this last year was pretty hard. And some of us are still looking and waiting for healing and crying out to Jesus, to God, to the Holy Spirit to say, I want to feel like myself again. And all those things are happening in this story. We have people crowding around isn't that a vision? People crowded into one house who are eager to hear the words that Jesus is speaking, 
We have friends who have come alongside someone who can't even ask for help himself, who has to be carried and then dug through and lowered down through a roof. And in the midst of it all, we have Jesus speaking words not just of healing, but of forgiveness. What's easier to say, Jesus says to the religious authorities, your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? The answer obviously being your sins are forgiven is easier to say. But the idea that they're pushing back on is, well, no, no one can forgive sins except God. Jesus is saying, well, conveniently, I am actually God in skin, but Jesus is also pointing out that we can do forgiveness and healing work among us, that we can say to each other, I see you, I see your pain, I see the pain that others have caused you, or I see the pain that you have caused me, I witness what has been done. Let us work together to find reconciliation and healing so that true forgiveness is possible. True forgiveness is hard to pull off because we have to be honest about our own pain or honest about the pain that we've inflicted on others and make sincere change. We don't know exactly why Jesus says to this man, your sins are forgiven. But the assumption is that basically every one of us has made a mistake at some point in our lives. Every one of us feels like we are cut off from others, like we've made mistakes or that others have made mistakes that have hurt us. And into all that, we're invited over and over by an endlessly merciful God to stop holding on to the past and to move forward. Moving forward can look like rebuilding in ways that are new, not just bringing back the ways that we've done things before. When we look at that roof that has to be rebuilt, well, they're probably just going to build another thatched roof. They didn't get too complicated in Jesus's time as far as housing went. But for us, as we start to build herd immunity, as vaccine access and uh, receiving spreads, we get to start asking questions about the world around us. As we rebuild, as we get to put back the things that were getting in the way of safety, like social contact and grocery store shopping in crowded areas, what do we get to rebuild better? How do we get to take the lessons of the past year and learn how to apply them in a society that is no longer living under the threat of a pandemic? sometime in the time to come, but still needs to pay attention to the way that we care for each other and the way that we take care of ourselves. Maybe we can learn some lessons about how hard we push ourselves to work, how much we expect the wheels of the economy to keep turning, and how little of a safety net there might be for people when they get sick or need to take time off work. Maybe we can pay more attention, especially in our own city, to the way that even during a global pandemic, racism and violence continue to dominate the headlines and to affect and destroy lives around us. Maybe we can pay some attention about how a little inconvenience and discomfort for ourselves, like wearing a mask and keeping our distance, could mean greater health for others. And maybe we can find other ways to make change in our lives as we continue to go forward that, yes, are inconvenient for us, but can help other people feel better, feel greater healing, feel restored and welcome in community. 
These are questions we're all going to tangle with, each one of us individually, us as a church community, every part of the community of America and the whole world. What are we going to learn from this tough time? And how are we going to rebuild? Knowing that some of the things that got in the way weren't bad things, but rather that there are ways we can rebuild that could be even better. What's a better roof going to look like on the world that we live in? now that we are on the edge of healing and restoration to community. And even as we ask that, we recognize that we are still in the in-between times, that we are still waiting, that we still get tired, exhausted, that we still feel distant from each other and even from God. And so even as we seek the lessons and things that we can carry forward into whatever the new world will look like, we also recognize that there is part of us that is alone or lonely or lonesome, and that in all that, Jesus is still walking with us. Amen.